just a heads up that the following podcast does contain all the spoilers. Hey kid, um, I guess I got a movie. If you want to watch it, I don't know. Can't you just like inject me with like some drug or something instead of this movie? That'd be a better option. Uh, I just don't even know anymore. Hi, welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. And we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Yeah! So today, for this episode, we are continuing our G-themed episodes, where we will look at one movie from each of the three main eras of Godzilla films in preparation for King of the Monsters. And today, we are covering the final era, the Millennium Era, and um, we had some trouble figuring (laughs) out which movie to do. Yeah, there there was definitely a debate on which one would be the most interesting to talk about. So originally, well, so there's not that many films in this era. There's Godzilla Millennium, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, Godzilla, um, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, and then Godzilla Final Wars. That was also in order, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we didn't really want to do Godzilla Millennium. So then it came down. We also didn't want to do Godzilla against Megagodzilla or Tokyo SOS because those share continuity, unlike every other film in the Millennium Era. So we, I don't know, and they're like really tied together sequels. So we didn't really want to cover one and not cover the other because I'd be kind of doing a disservice to the, the whole story there. Yeah, I agree on that. Which those movies are fantastic, by the way. So, but anyway, so it came down to three movies. We had Godzilla Final Wars, Godzilla, Mothra King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Attack, or GMK. Yeah, we'll just refer to it as GMK. And then Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. Now, I kind of want, I want to do Godzilla vs. Megaguirus because I'd only seen it once and no one ever talks about it. But then we also want to do GMK because we have mixed opinions on GMK that go against what a lot of people think about that movie. Right. And Final Wars, we both haven't seen in a while. And last time I watched it, I despised it. And last time... Yeah, last... I I generally like that one. Yeah. But I haven't seen it in several years. In my opinion may have changed yeah so what we did is we took we took all the movies put their names in a hat we had my mom choose randomly which movie and she pulled godzilla versus megagirus as you could probably guess from the title of the episode and i have mixed feelings about that result which means we're gonna get into it yeah we're gonna discuss this boy are we ever are we ever gonna discuss this one (laughs) strap on in it's gonna be a sad ride (laughs) yeah or maybe not. Maybe it'll be fun. Yeah. I uh, yeah. Actually, I should say that. Okay. Well, I guess uh, film details according to IMDb. Japan creatures and artificial creatures. Oh, Japan. <laughs> Japan creates. Creatures. <laughs> Japan creates an artificial black hole device to trap Godzilla forever. 
but a test of this device creates a new foes for Godzilla. Car-sized dragonflies called Meganula and their queen, Megagirus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, actually a very good... That's a very good... Well, there goes your entire summary now. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know what you have. You're going to cover the summary. Yes. We do not have a trailer for this episode because I couldn't find one that was actually had an English dub to it. Because no one cared about this movie. And doing and doing that, it would just, we didn't want to bombard you with a bunch of sounds and people talking in cool voices in Japanese. Yeah. Um. Maybe that was a good, maybe that would be a good idea. But anyway, so as for a plot synopsis, um, so basically Godzilla attacks in 1954. In this continuity, we don't know if Dr. Sarazawa never used the oxygen destroyer to kill Godzilla. See, that's kind of my thought with this. Because it, Godzilla's never killed in 1954, which is really interesting. It's the only continuity that um, like keeps 54 as a film, but then just leaves out the part where Godzilla's killed at the end. Spoilers, I guess. But, you know... So it, I thought that was, I think that's interesting. Right. And right away I, I thought, well, this is an interesting premise. It's kind of like a, a what if or an Elseworlds type of situation. Yeah. And where... even then, like actual history, like the, the capitals moved to Okinawa, I believe it was. There's actual like changes and how the so- society in Japan has changed from it. It's like an alternate history. It's and you think weird. it would be really cool, but that's as far as it goes. That's as far as it goes, yeah. And then, so then, uh, in 1961 it was, Godzilla reappears again, attacking a power station, a nuclear power station, Japan's first. So they realize, oh, it's nuclear, like it's feeding off of nuclear power. We're going to cut nuclear power. We never, then they never had another Godzilla incident again. Yeah, and they were like, we're going the wind and solar. Yep, and then they're like, oh, shucks. We can't use renewable res- like energy without nuclear because Japan, in like real world, relies heavily on nuclear because they have to. So then they develop this new. They just call it like a plasma reactor. They never really go into. They never really explain it. It's just kind of like plasma, and everyone's like, "Yay!" And it, and it was definitely uh, well, this solves all of our problems. Yeah. we now have plasma reactors. But then in 1991, Godzilla reemerges again to destroy. Uh, nuclear or not nuclear uh, plasma reactor so um that's where our main characters where our main female character i figured her name because she was very forgettable right i'll just call her by your actress name misato because that's easier oh okay fine but okay so she's there she's part of like a i don't think they have a name it's like a special forces unit that's trying to stop godzilla with rocket launchers so it's like, and I thought this beginning, this opening scene was pretty cool. They're all trying to shoot rockets at Godzilla. It's him just like stomping through the city and there's like people getting crushed by debris and like. Yeah, it seems like this is going to be pretty neat. Yeah, it's got like some good human casualties. And at the end, her her captain pushes her out of the way from a bunch of debris and saves her life. And she obviously now wants revenge on Godzilla. As is the standard. Yeah. So then we cut to the present in Tokyo where this uh, guy's showing this magic trick. The children. Yeah, to these kids. Yeah. By like, he like puts a spoon with all these like ingredients around it and then he puts a hat over it. The bowl. A b- oh. He puts a bowl <laughs> over it. He puts a bowl over it and then he lifts the bowl up and then all the contents are on the spoon and like cooked. All the kids are like, whoa. And then, what's her name? I don't know. I always forget. Kuriko. Kuriko. Kuriko comes in with like I believe that's guy, how it's pronounced. And they're part of the G Graspers, which are like. That name is terrible. Terrible by the name. Way. They it's don't grasp v- anything. What G graspers? G graspers. And and when you see it on their uniforms, which have 
patches everywhere and everything. So many patches. They're wearing their hats. They've got all the merch available. <laughs> and it just looks like good graspers. Yeah, good graspers. It's it's really weird. And then they show up and then she's like, Well, kids, it's just these little micro machines that are lifting up the ingredients and then putting down the spoon and cooking it and that the microwaves in the bowl. And he just she just ruined all this guy's business because that's how he makes money on the side. So thanks, that's really cool. So then he get the the guy gets hired to work on their black hole gun that they're developing because the idea is that like they're what it's called the dimension tide. Pretty sure that's what it's called, which doesn't make any sense because it doesn't really have anything to do with the dimensions. But it's too big one that they have built. So because he works with small electronics, they think that he can like shrink it. And he's just this random electronic engineer in middle of like Tokyo. And they're just like, work on our super secret black hole gun to kill Godzilla. <laughs> so the the guy, it's like three months later, the guy like shrinks the shrinks the black hole gun somehow with his no knowledge of, I don't know, theoretical physics and other things that goes into shooting a black hole. Which first off, they shoot that black hole and it does not look like it's very safe. And also for a black hole, it's like bright. It emits light. It's not actually, it's not like, like a black sphere it's it's like a bright light with a little black swirl on the center it's kind of unusual yes like you it think doesn't really it's kind of missing the point of a black hole which is it it sucks everything into including light you literally could have just called this a dimensional vortex machine and oh uh, we can create a miniature wormhole pass there you go whatever the black hole seems very definitive to me. Yeah, like okay, it's a neat idea. Though, it is a neat to idea. Just suck Godzilla into yeah, something and they do this and get rid of them. They do this actually later on in a comic book, Fifty uh, Century War. They have a they have a dimensional tie. I think they call it the same thing too, and it looks similar. And they use it, and it ends up all. Oh, you just read the comic. It's actually really good. Back to this bad movie. Whoa. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they're testing it, this kid who likes bugs is like wandering through the woods he yeah. like bypasses like it's it's such a weird scene yeah because let's discuss this scene because the kid is running yeah down this country road mm -hmm. he gets passed by a v like a jeep or whatever yeah the, the g grasper vehicle just cruises past him or no isn't like a guy with the like a delivery truck guy uh, i don't remember that's a delivery truck guy i don't remember a lot but anyway this movie <laughs> now that we're talking kid, about it and then and then like 20 feet away, there's, like, a military checkpoint. Yeah, and they it's like they never noticed a kid running down the yeah. road. Yeah, and the kid's just, like, didn't notice the military checkpoint ahead of him. So then he just runs, like, you feet into the woods and just, bypasses <laughs> the, the military checkpoint and ends up watching the dimensional tide test. He, he ends up getting busted yeah. for being there. Yeah. And the Kiriko yeah. just threatens him. Like says, I just basically tells him, if you say anything to anybody, you're in big trouble. Yeah. And lets him go. Just, yeah. Like I feel like I think you said like the US government would just kill that kid. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. That kid would never be seen or heard from a again. Black hole gun though. Like you something, have the ability to shoot a singularity. That knowledge cannot get out. Something that secret. Also, they do it that close to a village that a kid can literally just run. Yeah. Like walk to it well the point too was is that the kid is moving yeah to the city yeah conveniently enough. conveniently just so he can be in danger later yeah but he goes back later that night 
and he ends up finding like a giant egg and he find he watches like a bug fly into what's because there's like a like a hole in space time where the black hole used to be even after they test it it's like just wibbling yeah it's just like a weird like uh a ripple yeah and like space time i said like that's not good that that cannot be good they didn't have anybody there watching for it yeah so they just fire it off yeah hey because that worked and then later on it's so dangerous that even in their even in their computer generated simulation of what would happen to godzilla which is basically just you know godzilla gets sucked in a building next to godzilla even gets sucked into the black hole so like like, they even know that it's just going to do a bunch of damage. But anyway, so this bug flies in, and the kid's like, ah, and he takes the egg for some reason, because he likes bugs, I guess. Well, he just thinks it's neat. Yeah. Who knows? And it's then he gross and slimy. Yeah, he takes it to the city, and then it's like a, it's in like a cardboard box. Because they were moving. Yeah. And it's just like a gross, damp cardboard box, and he takes it out. It's like slimy. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. And then it cuts, and it's probably just, you know, a weird continuity error. Mm-hmm. But the box, say, is, I don't know, a quarter wet. Yeah. When they first show it. Seconds later, it is like half wet. Yeah. And I just thought that is disgusting. Yeah. Just, it's getting gooey that fast. Then he like dumps it in the sewer because I guess where else would you put? Because some old lady yells at him that there's no like garbage pickup today. So he's like, okay, I guess I'll just dump it in a sewer. And then obviously not good things can happen from that. No. No. So, and then like, I guess it hatches and like the, he sees like the water coming up and stuff and he's like, oh. So then G. Grasper, you, whatever her name is. What's her name? We'll just call her G. Grasper main character. <laughs> Our main female protagonist. Yes. Has another talk with him and they figure out that it's a, a mega nuon, which is interesting because that's actually a monster in Rodan, in the original Rodan movie. The mega nuon are in it. So it's interesting that they brought it over. But it's not like Rodan exists in this continuity. So it's, it's kind of like there's a missed opportunity. If you had the Rodan movie canon in this continuity, that would have been a cool tie-in, but I guess whatever. whatever. They just found the name. Some guy was watching Rodan on the production set. Oh, let's just use that. <laughs> and then it, there's like a scene where like the bug like kills um like a rebellious dude listening to rock music and smoking a cigarette. He's like jamming out and the bug kills him. Then his like girlfriend comes in and then oh she gets killed too. Yeah, that was that was actually a pretty cool scene because it felt like a horror movie. It, yeah, like it a was legit monster like a horror. Yeah, horror movie. And I like that. I like that scene. Yeah, that scene was pretty cool. I actually like that. Yeah. So now we know that there's all these critters getting out. Yeah, because somehow they multiply. Because now there's like a bunch of them. And then, yeah. and then all of Tokyo floods. Not all of it. Like it floods. High street level floods. Yeah, that was a cause of what? Godzilla? No. no. They never they just said, oh, like a shift in the water plates made Tokyo flood. It has something to do with the, the Mega Nuon, I'm guessing. I thought it was because of Godzilla. It wasn't because of Godzilla. Activity. It's just not very well explained. It cuts to Tokyo and it's flooded. There wasn't like people evacuating. Oh, it's <laughs> flooding. It was just one second. They're in Tokyo. The kid's there. And then like a couple scenes later, and Tokyo's just flooded. And then I guess Godzilla, they find where Godzilla is. And so they go out or they find a, the, one of the Mega Nuon floating in the water. And then Godzilla shows up. So then main protagonist Jeet Grasper gets on Godzilla's back which I thought was kind of cool it's, a, it's cool in concept but in execution the effects were kind of bad 
Yeah, this probably was a lot better, say, on VHS. Yeah. And then she shoots it with a tracker that, um, not electrical engineer guy gave to her. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, I hate I've got more to say. I'm going to explain my thoughts on that guy later. Yeah. And we should just get through. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, get through this. this synopsis of this movie. So they end up bringing Godzilla ashore using their dumb looking jet, which I've heard they call it Griffin. Yeah. Yeah, it's Griffin. So it's stupid looking. So they bring Godzilla ashore to like this small secluded island. I'll give them credit. They brought him to secluded island and then shoot a black hole into a city. But <laughs> so like they're gonna like, oh, we're gonna fire the black hole and then not well suited electrical engineer is about to press a button. It's like locking on for some reason, even though it's like a satellite above the earth. They have to lock. Uh, it's weird. And then all the all the mega nuance show up. Yeah, because they swarm of them. Well, they put that black hole launcher in space. Yeah. That was a whole purpose. Yeah. So they could so they could shoot them anywhere, which I'm I I bet all the other nations and all the nation's leaders loved the idea of Japan having a super weapon in orbit. That sounds <laughs> like another uh, arms race to me. See, this is where a better Godzilla movie would incorporate the government. I'm going to. There's not any government in this movie. I will compare this movie later on to a movie that has a super similar plot to this one and executed literally every point of it so much better. <laughs> but anyway, Godzilla ends up killing all the Mega Nulon, which is actually a pretty fun scene. It's like him he's like swatting at all these bugs, and he's like flipping them with his tail. And Now keep in mind here, and I want to talk about it later, but we have to address this now. Mm -hmm. These bugs look terrible. Yeah, they do. It is copy and paste CGI city. and just it is this is bad. They only look good CGI. when they're like actual props on the suit. Mm -hmm. And the suit itself doesn't look bad, but even the lighting, the lighting for this entire oh, okay. We'll get talk to that. about that later. Godzilla ends up killing off like enough of the bugs so they can lock on. And then they like they shoot the black hole at him, sucks a lot of bugs in, but it doesn't kill Godzilla like they miss. Yeah. Okay, that thing should have sucked him in. That was their whole plan. Are you telling me that? Just because they don't hit them directly or right immediately. Even next in to him? their like computer generation, this the black hole is near God. It doesn't hit him. It's near him and it sucks him in. It sucks the building that's farther away from him in. Yeah. But they miss, I guess. Then Godzilla like goes away. Then all the bugs fly back with all the Godzilla blood, and then they inject it into their their queen. And so the queen gets all this Godzilla juice in her, and then she emerges through the use of poorly hidden strings in the city. Not a bad monster design. It looks cool. Mega I'll give Gears it that. Megagirus cool. looks pretty cool. Megagirus has like the coolest tech where like you can like flap its wings really fast and like create supersonic somethings or others that like explodes a bunch of buildings. I thought it was kind of interesting how it would like shake buildings and then the buildings would just explode. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how like a Rodan could like fly over a bunch of buildings and they all explode. But right. bad strings pull Megagirus away and it kind of it, then Godzilla just kind of shows up in the city in daytime and fights Megagirus. The fight that was dumb. Then Godzilla defeats Megagirus, and then they shoot the black hole at Godzilla. Doesn't kill him. We find that on the credits, but it supposedly works. And then it turns out like the reason why Godzilla emerged again. They tried pulling this like corrupt government thing, or like the leader of G Grasper was hiding the fact that they really had a plasma reactor in this research area. Like they they needed the power, and he would get like a promotion or whatever for for having another plasma reactor. And it was thrown in at the end of the movie. They never built <laughs> it up. There's like two lines where the main character lady is like, "Well, 
Well, if Godzilla came back in 1991 because we made it the plasma reactor, then then why is he back now? And then, yeah, then they reveal at the end, like, oh, it was corrupt, and then that was that. That's the movie. <laughs> so we kind of discussed how this fits into Godzilla lore. Well, yeah. Because it's its own thing. Yeah, it's its own continuity. Um, when was the first time that you watched it? I watched it, I think it was Comet TV at a Godzilla marathon on. Really? Or maybe it was El Rey. It was really? El Rey. It was El Rey Network. They had their Godzilla, and I was like, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. I haven't seen that one. Because it's hard to find. It it wasn't on any services at the time that I could find. You know, like, we recently watched it for this podcast. We watched it on Amazon. But yeah, that's the first time that I watched it. Yeah, the first time I watched it was a few years ago. I'd say, like, maybe three years ago, maybe. And I thought we rented it. I thought we rented it off of Amazon. Or maybe it when I had stars at the time. It was on there. I just remember we, you and I sat down to watch it. I fell asleep. Not surprising. But I do remember uh, I did finish watching it the next day. And I remember thinking like, eh, this one, it was okay. Whatever. I don't know if it was just sleepiness or mm -hmm. I just didn't care. What got into your head that made you think that this movie was okay? <sighs> Good question. Because after watching it this time, that's why I thought when we discussed watching it i didn't really want to watch it because i thought well that one's just okay yeah rewatching it rewatching it it's it's not okay it's not okay this movie's got a lot of it's, problems well okay first off it was directed by misaki tezuka who directed um godzilla against mecha godzilla and godzilla tokyo sos the two movies that came out after this one and those movies are absolutely amazing they're some of my favorite godzilla movies they're mm -hmm wonderful great movies he also assisted directed um Ghidra the three-headed monster which we covered actually and he also did godzilla versus mothra those okay. are two big notable ones so those goes... are well remembered for being great godzilla movies okay so he goes way back he does um so he by by all means he should have had the experience um hang on a second i'm gonna look something up here i'm gonna look him up and maybe just take a look at his filmography here. Oh, he even did the Rebirth. Yeah, he was a chief assistant director on the Rebirth of Mothra 2 and 3, which I haven't seen those, but I heard that they're better than Rebirth of Mothra 1. We'll just pull up director. This would be his first actual role directing. Yeah, yeah it was his first directorial movie. Okay, so I kind of get it. He's not terribly old. I mean, he was born in 1955, so not that old when this movie was made in... 2000. A lot of assistant director or second unit director credits, but even still, not that much. He also, he actually, he actually was in this movie. He played like the role of like a teacher. I don't know when. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. And also it had a budget. And like, I, I was trying to figure out what was so bad with this movie. So I looked up the budgets of all the Millennium movies, except for Final Wars, because I know that one was kind of slapped together. So this... Well, I'll start with Godzilla 2000, which came out in 1999. That was the first one in the Millennium Series. That had a budget of $8.3 million, and it made $10 million. That's a good movie. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla had a budget of $8.5 million. It made $16 million, so that one is a big success. Godzilla uh, Tokyo SOS had a budget. Uh, we don't know the budget, and I couldn't find anywhere the budget, but it made $12 million. This one had a budget of $8.3 million, so around the same budget, is all the other Millennium movies, and it yeah. made $10 million. So it wasn't necessarily a financial failure. It made money. It made $1.7 which I guess isn't that good. Usually movies these days make way more. Oh, it made how much? $1.7 million. 
so it came oh so only it came that far over yeah. over budget yes okay. i thought you meant that that's what it was oh no that would have been horrible <laughs> but compare that to like godzilla against mechagodzilla which came out just a year later that one made almost twice as much money as it was made for so trying to deduce what went wrong with this movie it wasn't like a lack of budget it had the budget and it wasn't a directorial problem because this guy is a great director and also like a lot of like the concept art people and like a lot of people that worked on like designs and all that type of stuff have very well known and very well experienced so i just don't i just think it was i think it was trying to be too much i think and ended up being nothing i think the the main problem is knowing this new information Mm -hmm. is that maybe he just didn't have a lot of experience and I think like directing directing yes and so he's pretty fresh if this is his first actual time directing full length yeah. movie that he's doing so that kind of makes sense like it, he's still new to it yeah but I feel where this movie really suffers the most is in the writing itself and okay I gotta go back I gotta find out more information here wow this movie is an hour 45 minutes I was thinking that this movie would have only been maybe 128 minutes, mm-hmm. like just barely enough to like constitute a movie. Right. And this is kind of surprising because I felt that one thing that would have helped this movie out a lot is just a little more character development. So I guess we're going to roll into the human element. Yes. And why it works or doesn't. Um, so I guess I'm taking over this first, but it needed more character development. I feel that the human element does not work in this very well. No, not at if all. If at all. Because, first of all, these characters are bland. Super. Uh, you have Revenge Lady. You have Engineer Guy who has... Engineer Guy is a Gary is a Gary Stew. Yeah. The, the male version of the Mary Sue. Because this guy... He could do anything that the plot needs. Right. You need if, to miniaturize this black hole... You can do it. You can do he it. just does it. Yeah. We don't know about this process. We don't get a montage of them working. Or we anything. don't even get where this guy comes from. He could have like maybe they said like, oh, he like graduated like this top, but he just never found a good job, you know, right. or something like or that. Or he doesn't. He's he's this like you know edgy guy who just you know this engineering hipster who doesn't want to be famous. Yeah, and just wants to do small stuff. Right. But we never get that. This guy literally makes more than one totally like decked out painted drones yeah and in, like just because he wants to he's doing it through the entire movie he's just making things and you don't have any sense of time mm-hmm. it says three months have passed that's it at one point otherwise it feels like a day right this is all happening it there's no sense of time and when you have a guy who can just go hey look i just made these drones like tokyo over- flooded i have drones for that <laughs> overnight are you kidding me or was it multiple days right did he have these around nothing's really explained enough in this and these characters need a little bit more i mean that the the main protagonist woman Mm -hmm. at one point in time she's getting heckled by somebody because she's working out and her her dead friend's dog tags are just hanging out in the gym with her yeah and i'm like this is not character development yeah and then the the course the engineer dude like takes the dog tags like Oh, shiny, or I don't know what he's thinking, but totally just disrespects her dead colleague. And like, I don't know, it just didn't. And then, like, another thing, too, is that because it's like the G Grasper team, it's supposed to be a team. So you have multiple people in the team. Really? There's a team in this? We don't get any of the team. We get one scene, the main character lady introducing 
engineering guy onto the team and she's like oh here's this guy and he's like hi and like here's what i could tell by the characters there was one that was like really strict like military like uh, i'm you know all but tight about rules there's one like really laid back like cool chill guy there was another one like their sonar guy who uh, he does he came in useful once in the movie didn't do anything i'm surprised else. you picked up on all this because he was like he's like the the quiet one but he's like really smart there were i think maybe two more never never got any read off of them to they me never to show me, up in the rest of the movie to me those were background characters yeah it was only you know your main protagonist woman and gary Stu engineer guy yeah and that was it everybody else was just in the background nobody really mattered okay let me compare this and this is where my comparison is going to come in i'm going to compare this to godzilla against mechagodzilla the movie that came out Literally the next year, by the same director, that movie has, forget her name, but another female military, where Godzilla shows up again after not being around since 1954, another one of those scenarios, shows up, she um, indirectly causes the death of four military people, including her, like, officer. She feels super guilty, you know, super saddened by it. You can tell she's sad. She's working at, like, a library or something. Like, they totally downgraded her, like, blamed her for this. But they didn't blame her, you know, quote-unquote. But she obviously got punished. She's super depressed. Then she's approached by the military to be the head pilot of Mechagodzilla. So she's, like, excited to finally get revenge. And then Richard's the team. You have up-the-butt military guy who hates her because, like, she killed, quote-unquote, killed or his friends, you have, like, the laid-back guy who's always defending her. You have, like, other teammates, like a nerdy guy. They're not really well-developed. And then you have this Godzilla against Mikey Godzilla's version of, like, the smart dude. He's a dad, a single dad, whose mother or his wife died in childbirth. So he's, he's a really sad backstory. Um, he's trying to raise his kid who just doesn't have a good understanding of death. And when he uses Godzilla's bones to bring make Mechagodzilla, it brings in like, well, what is their daughter? What does his daughter think about this? And like, they're really well written characters. And when these two interact, <laughs> it's super good. This movie, which has a similar concept of like smart dude and like military who had like family killed or military colleagues killed with the team, it doesn't work. It's just not as good. I don't understand how this guy made a lot of improvements in just a year. Okay, well, one of the writers here, he worked on Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Yikes, that movie's not well known for being very good. Godzilla 2000. That one's okay. And this movie that we're currently Ooh. discussing. So, yeah, let me check the other writer out. Just give me a second here. This is the most in-podcast research I think we've ever done. Yeah. We probably should have done some of this ahead of time, I guess. But it's good for us to like kind of get a live reaction. Right. Guys okay, so this guy wrote... He co-wrote Godzilla 2000, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, that was and Final one. Wars. Oh, yeah. Well, story. He got credited oh, for okay. the story. He actually wrote Godzilla. Okay. He worked on the screenplay on this. Oh, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2. That one's uh, an okay movie. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. So these guys have experience. I'm the wondering... first one, he worked on Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla, which that one is <laughs> kind of, it's pretty, it's pretty stinky. It's not very good. Yeah, it's kind of a weird stretch. I feel that, and I don't want to, I don't want to bash Toho, but I feel that Toho, to me, seems very reactionary, where if something does all right, so Godzilla 2000 mm -hmm. was reasonably successful, I would assume, and 
this movie came out like right away. They must have banged them out one after another. They did. Every year they released a Godzilla movie from 1999 to 2004. And yeah, but that's what they were doing back in the Chao era. Mm-hmm. They were just cranking like, them well, out. Even in the Heisei era, they were cranked. Every year they released one from 1989 to 1995. But there are good movies in that. There's there, great movies. Oh, no, the Heisei era is one of the best. So I think they kind of thought, oh, well, this worked that time. What this time? Mm-hmm. And but this one's weird too because it's an anthology. None of the movies are connected. They're always different. I mean, at least for this director, he was able to direct multiple, which is good. But like other directors, they just kind of popped in, directed one movie, popped out, and that has nothing to do with this movie because Lonnie Merritt overall, I think, is all right. But yeah, I don't know. The human element just really. Yeah, they definitely dropped the ball, and it's 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 confusing. I guess we've had we didn't really care for the human element in the movie that we did, did eighty four. But yes. that one was also... Give that a listen. We have Court Psyops from Cinema Psyops on. Hey-o. It's a fun listen. It is really fun. Um, But yeah, that one, it's not that we didn't like the character. We just didn't care. They were they were just kind of there because you need to have the human element. They they had fun parts where like, oh, they're like in the city with Godzilla attacking. They're like, oh, trying to like escape. Right. That I, was cool. But like... They did more in this, but somehow it feels like they do less. Yeah. They mean less. They do less, even though everything revolves around them. And that's probably part of the problem, though, mm-hmm. is that it all revolves around them. So they have to do everything. Yeah. And well, should we move on to the monster stuff? Unless you have anything more about the I human element. I think we pretty much deconstructed all the problems. Right. And I kind of don't want to beat this into the ground too much for the human element because <laughs> we've got the monster element. That's a beat into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bren, how about we take a break and we listen to a promo? Clytus, <laughs> I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. <laughs> Most effective, Your Majesty. We'll destroy this Earth. Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in wool rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail, Hail Ming. Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the visual screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud 2? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hemming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming for now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At WW. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hail Ming. Breaking two? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? Ha, 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 ha.
We might destroy the planet if it's flashed. <laughs> Why don't you go first, Brian? Okay, so, well, first off, I think the lighting with all the miniatures never really looks that good. The, and you brought this up, too, when we were watching oh, it. the entire time. The entire time. There were a few good lit scenes, because I don't think people realize, I think they just think, oh, you just put the buildings up, you put the monsters up, and you have them fight. But, like, if you don't light the miniatures or the suits right, it looks like a set. It looks like a suit. You can tell. Compare this to a movie that came out, or Gamera Guardian of the Universe, 1995. That movie, the lighting that they did on that movie is spectacular. The daytime scenes with the Gauss, like, they literally, they had these ginormous stage lights on it that were recreating sunlight, and it was so powerful that the set would catch fire sometimes, because they were just having to recreate sunlight this well, and, again, and it shows. If you watch that movie, the, the lighting... You pay attention to it it looks like realistic lighting right your brain if you're not thinking about it will just forget that it's a set this movie every scene you can tell it's a set yes it completely looks like a set it falls apart for it there are good like i say this movie has good composite shots where they composite godzilla into a city they composite him like where he's no. like coming ashore i say no some were bad sometimes sometimes it was sometimes good. but there were some where it was literally him just walking from one side of the screen to the other with just a building pasted in front of him. Yeah, that was bad. Or buildings. Yeah. A cityscape, whatever. I get it for the beginning of the film because they actually used Footage this, from this design of Godzilla, which yeah. is the, the Godzilla 2000 design. It's the exact same suit, actually. Yes, obviously. They filmed them back to back. But they inserted him in the scenes from the 54 mm -hmm. which i thought was kind of a neat idea it was a neat idea but oh, it did not it was a bad execution, execution was there terrible. were i think there was like one or two shots that i was like okay that doesn't look as bad but like as bad it wasn't like it looked good right it looked bad i mean star crash is one of my favorite movies and that movie is terrible yeah i can forgive bad effects i'm I have no problem because there's also a degree of sometimes when effects are bad, you can see the effort in it. Mm -hmm. You can see the process and sometimes they're so bad. They're charming. This has no soul. Yeah. These, some of these effects have no soul and the lighting, especially to light up that Godzilla 2000 suit, just in broad spank and daylight with no. Yeah. They, they filmed it outside. Yeah, and I know that they film a lot of stuff outside, especially yeah. water scenes and stuff, mm -hmm. but Not, this really stands out as, it's just... It's almost all outside. It's just like this flat, outdoor lighting. There's, There's no, no dynamic lighting at all. None, and it hurts it so bad. Or even like, God, let's say Godzilla's dorsal plates start glowing because he's about to fire atomic breath. There's no actual light coming or sh shined on his back so like it just looks like an effect on his back it doesn't look like he's actually like glowing and that's something that other movies do well by mm -hmm. actually either shining lights or having the doors plates light up with internal lights and it it's just that little bit extra that it needs to be passable if you don't have good lighting no one's gonna buy it right and Megaguirus has like a really cool design yeah. it's a cool looking monster it is pretty cool i'd love to see it in something else but like you said the strings especially in the nighttime scene nighttime strikes and there's a lot of movies even going all the way back to the show era yeah where you don't really see the strings yeah there are a few They're really good at hiding but them. like good like if Ghidorah's flying you never see those strings okay this movie uses computer effects a lot they could and then probably i mean i 
haven't had to do it, but I know that at least Hollywood's been doing it on the cheap for a long time of just hiding wires. Yeah. Using, and when you see the wires, generally Megaguirus is basically stationary. It would would not have taken much to just black. Who's <laughs> the race those? Yeah, get rid of them. And it's so like we were watching. We we're like, ooh, just it was painful. We were like bad. verbally going like, oh, that's just because you don't horrible. really see it in any of the other movies. Yeah, so it's weird to see it in this one, and yeah. it's like really bad. It's almost every scene with Megaguirus in it, and that nighttime scene, you can see it even during the daytime stuff too. Broad. Like, in, like, the daytime, you don't see as much, but that's because it's in daytime. Which also leads to, when you don't see it, it tends to be they've just cropped out Megaguirus. They just composited him into a picture of Tokyo. They just crop him out, and he's just, like, it's moving. Like, one of my least favorite things is when you have, say, like, this shot coming from a helicopter or whatever, Mm -hmm. flying over a city, and then... You paste something into it as an effect, and they don't move accordingly. Like one, like the creatures wiggling around too much, yeah, and not really fitting in, and it instantly takes you out. Yeah, and this movie does it constantly. Just all the weird movements. Like there was one time where Megaguirus was supposed to be like kind of taunting Godzilla and moving around. Yeah, Megaguirus doesn't move. The background just moves. Yeah, and it, I, I, I understand that Japan probably not up to the same speed as Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But these effects are early 90s TV bad. Yeah. It, like, even the lighting, I felt like it was a TV show. I've seen... It's a, very much a TV I've show. I've seen... Good, um, good point. I've seen a few Ultraman series, a few Ultraman seasons from, you know, like Ultraman Mebius and other Ultraman shows. They have better effects for being a TV show, which is known for just cranking out Ultraman series. So it's not like they... It's not like they take their time with... I'm sure they take their time, but I mean, like, it's more mass-produced. Yeah, you don't have the budget. And and it looks better. That still has that TV show look to it, but this one is just... This is a major motion picture. And we haven't even gotten to, like, the actual monster fight, because there's only one real monster fight with Godzilla and Megaguirus. Well, I'm going to say this, though, about... um, the, The suits are great. Yes. The suits are great. The designs... Or cool. I know in the previous episode, I kind of bagged on the 2000 suit for being too extreme, but it is cool. It is cool. Yeah, it it is cool to see it. It is a more dangerous Godzilla. I like the purple. Mm -hmm. The purple's neat. It's just an added something to make it a bit different. Yeah. Everything about that design is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, Megaguirus, I think, looks cool. It has, like, cool, like, frosted spikes. It's, like, yellow. But you know what I mean? Like, that kind of fade in. Mm-hmm. Like, really well detailed. They even make him, like, smile at one point, like, sadistically. Like, it was... I thought that was cool. But as for the monster fight, it wasn't exciting. It was boring. Yeah. I, we just kind of sat there and just watched... Like, let's say Megaguirus hits Godzilla with its main, like, big pincer claws. It hits, and then it... Nothing happens. It it just connects. They touch. They touch. That's it. There isn't like a. I don't remember any like interesting sounds. There's no impact to it. It just kind of looks like. It just. <laughs> that's it. Uh, like in other Godzilla movies, Godzilla get hit by an enemy's physical attack, and there will be like sparks. Like it'll be like or go like, and it'll make a cool noise, be sparks, and then Godzilla roar in pain, and he'd be like, oh no. 
Godzilla's getting hurt. Right. And this one, he gets hit, nothing happens. You could you could cut to a close-up. It doesn't have to be the actual suits themselves. Just have something, like, stabbing something. Yeah, Mike Gears has this big pincer, and Mike Gears stabs Godzilla, and it looks Right in the like, groin. Right in the groin. I mean, I don't think it was, I think it was, like, in the lower stomach, but the way the pincer's shaped, and the way that they, like, shot, like, cinema... That one actually like, looked like it penetrated. Yeah, but there was no <laughs> blood, it just, like went in and it it just looked like they just stabbed like a piece of rubber <laughs> and just went and Godzilla's like screaming and he's like holding on to the tail and it just looks like he stabbed him right in the groin <laughs> that was weird yeah <laughs> but like Megagirus does this thing where like Megagirus like moves around really fast and like Godzilla just kind of watches like the, the fight's just not really there's there could have been a better way Godzilla shoots his it. atomic breath at it a few times and Megagirus dodges it because it's fast yeah also bred or orangey atomic breath not my favorite yeah not my favorite it doesn't look good in daytime scenes it just looks like a white beam because but it's still cool up. looking i'm just saying like for me color preference i don't prefer that color because i feel that just supports all the godzilla breathes fire all the yeah all the weird grandparents are like godzilla breathes fire on things yeah and the godzilla does this weird sumo wrestler move where he like jumps into the air <laughs> and then oh, body my. slams mega gear is jumps from like what i mean they're close together but godzilla's in the air for a long time it, it godzilla just like jumps and then it cuts without showing him like like actually launching off the air it just cuts to him in the air just falling down like belly first like he's about to belly flop it's the weirdest cut that is <laughs> you have no idea what happens and then he just bodies Mega Gears. <laughs> and then, oh, I forgot that one scene where the pincer, like, Mega Gears flies and, like, it's about to, like, hit Godzilla right, in the so, face. So we are in the final battle discussion. I just realized that. Yeah. We just transitioned. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting. But the Godzilla, like, the Mega Gears pincer flies into Godzilla and it looks like he gets stabbed in the mouth. So it connects. The movie pauses. I thought it froze. It just pauses and then it cuts to a different shot. It's like this really weird like pan up to Godzilla and it shows that like he like caught the pincer with his mouth and it bites it off. Oh yeah. Yeah. Megagear's like <laughs> roars and it was the because it's just like, oh Megagear's gonna stab him in the face. And then it hits and it pauses. It's such a weird Yeah, and where's the music in this final battle? It's mostly devoid through, of music. The, yeah, yeah, and the music cuts in through human drama, not through monster drama. Like something happens with the humans, and the music's like, oh no, we gotta build fear for this scene. And the thing is though, is that it being devoid of music doesn't help it whatsoever. And this movie actually has a decent soundtrack. Yes, because the soundtrack one was... thing I very enjoyed a lot in this movie forget, was the soundtrack. I forget her name, but she's mostly known for doing the soundtrack for the Millennium Era, most of the Millennium Era movies. And uh, well, let me just praise Godzilla against Michael Godzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS real quick. That is an amazing soundtrack. The soundtrack is amazing. But this one, it just doesn't utilize... You can, I think the director, he just didn't know when to put it in. He just didn't utilize it. If you can use your soundtrack really well, it'll help the movie out so much. But he just... This is not used. Yeah, and this final battle also utilizes one of my least oh, favorite... yeah. Um, I don't know who's doing this, the director, the editor, or what. What but monster. Oh, it is my least favorite thing. If anybody out there is ever making a movie and listening to this, do not do this ever because I will instantly not like your movie. It's when 
something's in slow motion, but it's almost like it's skipping every third frame or something. So it's this weird slow-mo, but it's choppy. Yeah. They do it in the second Resident Evil movie, and I never watched one after that. <laughs> because I was like, it's one of the cheapest things you could ever do. I don't like it, and it's in this movie a lot. I guess it's like Mega Gears Vision. Like, that's how it appears. Oh, yeah, you kind of... Okay. But... At the same time, it's kind of like, I want to see Godzilla stomp around. I don't want to see every third frame of Godzilla stomping. It's a terrible effect. Just, I don't know, toss a red filter on that thing or something. Toss a red filter. Maybe make it like one of those like bug eyes, like where it's like all the different... Segmented eye. Yeah, thing. segmented eye. That'd be interesting. Although kind of annoying. Oh, uh, yeah. And not necessary. It's it's a fun reveal in the fly. So, <laughs> so Godzilla, with only one blast of atomic breath, defeats Megagira. So it kind of made the whole fight and title of the movie. It should have been Godzilla versus Black Hole Gun. Godzilla's unusual weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, this a is weird a... bug and Black Hole Gun? That's odd. Yeah. It never felt like Godzilla was in any real danger. I never anything. was like, oh, uh, oh, Godzilla's going to lose this time. And like, even like, at one point, Megagira's big attack is like, just shoves him into a building and then like knocks like a piece of the building onto him like that really that yeah that's what you do and then <laughs> this movie's lackluster for no reason after godzilla is like stomping through and like we gotta fire this black hole at him the black hole gun starts to fall out of orbit and it cuts to the worst practical effect i've seen in a big budget movie maybe ever <laughs> i'd well this isn't big budget but carry on it cuts to a miniature of the, the the satellite of the black hole gun in space. Oh, yes. And it's it's a horrible model kit in front of just like a black background of some stars. <laughs> and then some gas shoots out of it and it, it literally goes pss, 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 and it's like <laughs> wobbling back and forth. <laughs> this is like the first real laugh we've had during this entire recording. <laughs> and yes, I loved that because it was so i was so defeated they're like oh no it's coming it's gonna fall out of orbit and we're already like what why and then it cuts to it's like i don't even think it was a model i mean i think it but i think it they just like it was just a cutout of it and they just wiggled it around yeah it didn't look and just pretty. had like some gassy effects come on it was like farting it's like they finished the movie and the director for no reason was like oh we need a scene of it like starting to fall out or of somebody orbit. was like we need a little more uh something here you, need, you get a little more time prints out a picture cuts it out tapes onto cardboard Puts a black stick on it and a black background. Wiggles it. Wiggles it. Adds some post effects of of some smoke. So then it falls out. Is this a satellite jalopy? What's going on? It falls out of orbit on Godzilla. (laughs) Which I don't know if they know how orbits work, but if something falls out of orbit, it tends to not fall straight down. So it falls down. It's getting like ripped apart because of the atmosphere. So you're telling me that this this piece of equipment made for space will not survive re-entry for very long. Well, they usually don't. They usually break up. Nor is it operational, (laughs) especially if it's this crazy of technology like a black hole gun. I'm pretty sure it's not meant for wear and tear. It's probably very delicate. I wonder if um, Gary Stu engineer guy was the one who plotted the orbit for that thing. (laughs) <laughs> he does everything else. So they even when they have problems, I got it. No. Even when somebody Grasper has a problem with something, he's just like, "Don't worry, I'm on it." And the coffee just, machine's broken, and he's like, "I can fix this." 
<laughs> the fax machine's not working. Yeah. Oh, my marriage is falling apart. I have a computer program for that. Oh, we didn't even mention his computer uh, program. He's like a weird computer. Do we even do it now? Do we even do... We have to... Yeah. We have to bring this up. We have to. With his weird, sexy... Nurse? Nurse? Anime 3D girl? Who goes into the Matrix? And diagnoses the problem. And then later, when the black hole is falling, they're trying to fire it, and they're like, we can't fire it. So he's like, I, he comes out of the hospital because he was injured when my gears first came out. Takes off his cast, acts like he's not injured for the rest of the movie, and fixes it <laughs> by using this computer program. But he makes it at the end, he makes it dress up like the, the main character, G-Grasper woman. Yeah. And then... When did he have time to do that? When does he... When did he have time to 3D model? Why is this <laughs> happening? And then, the, and then, then with a the little jetpack... The little anime G-Grasper woman flies into the Matrix. Like, all the code coming down. You can tell they just like And the she's, Matrix. like, blasting code to fix it or something? Yeah, with or... a gun. And then she hits, like, a barrier and she's like, help, help. And then he's, like, typing away, like, helping her fix the Matrix. And he's just, like, tapping gibberish into the keyboard and then it fixes itself. And then for more plot to happen... Oh, I can handle a lot of times... When people just do tippy type things or technology doesn't match up with what's actually at, available at the time, yeah. this is ridiculous. Because nothing's even on screen. It's just the little anime girl flying around zapping yes. code and he's just like. There's nothing being written. <laughs> and then for more plot, the 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 the, the black multi billion dollar black hole can't lock on to the giant atomic lizard. So, G-Grasper Woman has to fly the griffin into the air and fly it straight down at Godzilla so it can lock onto her. Oh yeah, that's right. So it, so then she would fly out of the way? See, we were just not even bringing this stuff up as we're discussing it initially. Because... Uh, because it's like we've been... These are like suppressed memories that we're having yeah. that are coming back to us. I literally, before we started discussing this, we watched this movie, what, two nights ago? Yeah. And I literally thought I forgot everything before we sat down. I have notes here that don't make any sense. Oh, yes. For example. Okay. For example, <laughs> let me find it here. Um, usually, like, these shoddy notes are great for me. I've learned to take better notes on key elements and this time i have some that don't make sense <laughs> up in my human element lack of hydrodynamic high heels what does that mean There's how can no 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 lack of hydrodynamic high heels should be Enough note to trigger a memory. I don't know what that means. In the scene, there's a scene after after we've already seen Tokyo flooded for a while now. They they the the director finally remembered that they have to show shots of people evacuating. There's just this woman running out of like the water, like there's like a natural like slope that she like ran up from underneath the water mm -hmm. in high heels. And I mentioned like, I, I, why would she have high heels on? She just ran from like thirty feet deep water. <laughs> and I remember you just running and then you actually verbally said lack of hydrodynamic high heels, <laughs> and you don't remember because this movie is so terrible. <laughs> I also have, I wasn't looking at my notes when we were discussing, dub his balls. <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
All the all the dubbing in this movie is because oh, we watched yeah. the dubbed version, which usually we don't do. Maybe we would have liked it more if we were busy reading. Yeah. But the voice the voice acting in this is what I don't like about it's, anime. And it's the same dub studio that did the TriStar releases of all the Godzilla, most of the Godzilla movies. They did all the Heisei ones that I own and all the Final Wars ones. But I think the dialogue was so bad that when they translated it, it got even worse. <laughs> so the dubbers were like, what? What? What is this? It's I don't like, know. Sometimes you get good, good voice actors and sometimes you get second rate voice actors. I don't get why you just is hiring voice actors that expensive to get somebody decent? I don't know. Because that's why I don't like anime for the most part is because I really can't handle the voice acting. I'd rather just read it. Give me a One Punch Man where I'm reading it. I'll and I hear the One Punch Man when you're reading it. <laughs> I just like the original, hearing the original voices. I'm picking up on, I'm reading it, my brain fills in the blanks. Yeah. And sometimes I don't realize that I'm even watching something that's subtitled. Anyway. Well, um, I don't really have much for trivia because... <laughs> Wait, we're doing, we've got a trivia section. We don't, but like, I always write down trivia... Just because, like, interesting facts. Do I have to answer? Do okay. Oh, interesting facts that yeah. you found. Yeah. As opposed to you quizzing me. No, I'm not going to quiz you. <laughs> so, um, I don't want to do this anymore now. Actually, no, I will put one in a quiz format, <laughs> just just for comedic sake. Look, <laughs> we're finally having fun with this. All right, here's my here's my only one. In concept art, the story would have seen Godzilla bones on what celestial body? What? In the concept art for this movie, G. Grasper would have found Godzilla bones on what celestial body of our solar system? <laughs> I was just going to say the moon, which I feel is a fairly good guess. But if I have anywhere to pick, they definitely found Godzilla bones on Uranus. <laughs> 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 it was the moon. <laughs> and I've I did when I did my research for this movie, 90% of the time was me trying to figure out why they would have found Godzilla bones on the moon and what it would have mattered to the plot for how the Godzilla bones got there. Actually, I'm show you this picture. No, actually, hang on. I got a picture for you. I actually wish that was. I really wish it was in that movie because with no explanation. Because here's, here's a picture. So it's okay for for those of you listening. It's not a bad picture. It's actually yeah. The guy who did the concept artwork for the Millennium series is just or actually for all the Godzilla from Heisei to Millennium. You're kind of like it's underneath really good. Godzilla's jaw, and you see his ribs and stuff going off into the, being foreshortened in the distance. Yeah. And then it's a couple astronauts just, like, tapping on a rib. Yeah. yeah th- and then I mean, there's the cool. Earth in the background. <laughs> I mean, why not at this point? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's just do it. It's It, would it was be, in the script. It would be far more interesting it, than what we got. It was fully concept out. It was in the script, but I can't find the original script, nor can I find why Godzilla bones are on the moon. I can't even, like, thinking about the plot of this movie, even if it's changed a lot, I still can't figure out a way, feasibly, that Godzilla bones would end up on the moon. I feel we've kind of run through our our final thoughts in some way, right? Would you agree? This movie is stinky. No one remembers it because it's bad. It never got a U.S. release. It got a U.S. release in one theater. Okay, and would you you recommend Godzilla versus... 
Megagurus. Oh, be quiet. That's uh, part of the bad voice dubbing. Some yeah. people just Megagurus. Or Godzilla. Megagurus. Um, I would recommend this film to completionists first, first saying that they've seen every single Godzilla movie like I can. And I would recommend it to Godzilla fans that want to watch a bad movie, a bad Godzilla movie, because it's bad. It's funny at times how bad it is. We've, no, we've, it's not. The wires we've laughed at, the... No, we didn't satellite, laugh at it. We that, sat, that satellite falling no. out of the <laughs> out of orbit was really That's funny. not going to save this movie. It didn't save that it. It does yeah. not save this movie. But would I recommend it? Like, if I'm like, oh, hey, let's watch a Godzilla movie to people that have barely ever seen Godzilla. No. Anybody listening to this, don't watch it. I don't think it was that good. If you have to watch it to be a completionist, go for it. If it's on TV and this is your first Godzilla movie, change the channel and watch a better Godzilla movie. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't think it's good. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't. I don't like this one. It's cheap. It's disappointing. It feels on every level. It feels thrown together. It is. It is just cobbled together. It is just cranking on a movie just to do it. It is putting a an inexperienced director behind the helm. Granted, at least he worked it out through this. Yeah. Um, I just do not recommend this movie. All I can say is maybe if you enjoy movies with a lack of hydrodynamic high heels, but that seems very brief. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't like it. I cannot actually. We didn't even dive into I, I half the stuff this. in this movie. That that just just these weird little things that just either don't make sense or they're just not good. Do you okay? So do you do you have a favorite scene? Mm, I think I think out of comedy, I think it was that satellite falling out of orbit because it was just <laughs> it was just so ridiculously bad. So you're saying in a movie where there's Two giant monsters fighting each other. Your no, favorite scene uh, I, comes down to a farting satellite. Well, no, I'd say I'd say that's my favorite like scene for how bad this movie. For like a cool like like an actual like cool scene that I really like. I'd either say the the opening, not the opening scene, but the scene near the beginning of the movie where the G Graspers, not not the G Graspers yet, but in 1991 when Godzilla's attacking the city. That I liked. Otherwise, I did like the scene after Godzilla's already defeated Megagears when he goes walking into the city towards the hidden plasma reactor, whatever it was. Okay. I like that too. It was there. It was a nice composite shot and it was a good sense of scale for Godzilla, but that's about it. Do I have a favorite scene? I do like the scene that we talked about earlier where cool guy headphones smoking a cigarette, whatever he was doing, gets killed by one of the baby... Oh, Mega Nulon. Mega Nulon. I did like that. That was probably the coolest scene. There's lighting in that. There's cool dynamic, dynamic lighting, lighting yeah. in that. I, I liked that. I thought that was cool. That's a bad thing to say about a Godzilla. I liked a scene where, like, I don't know, a guy got killed. But yeah, it's not enough. It's not enough. This movie could have done so much better with 20 more minutes. Uh, like, good minutes <laughs> You could have cut some weird stuff You could have, for sure. But I mean, like, good character development. Build up the team aspect. That could have been well more developed. If it was more developed, that would have been a good tie-in. Made the movie better. Yeah, it also definitely could have. Could have gone for more, more Godzilla, I'd say. Not to say that he wasn't in the movie enough, but when he was in the movie, he just, I don't know. Like, the, the ending fight, it was, like, in, like, a park. It was like a grassy area with like two or three buildings around. Usually, save for maybe Godzilla versus 
Biolante. The ending fight's usually in some sort of city or town, so you get like cool city destruction. It's something else to look at other than the monsters fighting. This one, there's none of that. Yeah, no, there really isn't. It's... Much of it. Okay. Wow, we're just really... I'm defeated. Uh, yeah. I was sad, and I wasn't enjoying myself, and I hit giggle mode, and now giggle mode has crashed. Yeah. <laughs> I hit my high, and now I'm at another low. At least after this, we get to cover Godzilla King of the Monsters. That's so exciting to say. It is. Um, as I, as we said before, a drive time special. Oh, yeah. And even though it was recommended by your mom that we don't do that, but yeah, I should it's what we do. Yeah. I like the instant reaction. And getting, oh, getting my instant reaction of that movie will be... Yeah, so be sure to tune in Get next ready. month. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a hasty. It might come out late, but probably what would you say June first? June first. June 1st, the episode should be up. Um, I usually get through that one pretty quick. Yeah. Sometime June 1st, expect it. June 2nd at the latest. Let's hope and pray that King of the Monsters is better than Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. Mm-hmm. I... <sighs> I doubt it. I like any of the trailers. If you put all the trailers, than this movie. if you put all the trailers together and showed me it, I'd say that the trailers are better than the entire in the entirety of Godzilla vs. Mechagirus. And I'd say that all those characters have more character than the characters in Godzilla vs. Mechagirus. <sighs> yeah. All right. So with that being said, um, just a little thing here as a reminder: if you didn't hear the last episode, I announced that I will be featured in. The G-Fest Artist Alley in Chicago. Get you Mega Gears fan art. It's at the Crown Plaza O'Hare. Yeah, so come see us. Brennan will be there. I will. We'll be from July 12th to July 14th at the Crown Plaza, Chicago O'Hare. We'll be in the Artist Alley. And feel free to come by. And I'll tell you what, if you mention the podcast, I'm sure I got a little something for you. Mm -hmm. Just be like, hey. I'm a dongle. Yeah. And odds are, like, I don't know. I feel like if word gets out about this episode, they're going to run us out of G-Fest with torches. Uh-oh. <laughs> you think that'll happen? No, I don't think people really... I don't think anybody remembers this movie, to be honest. But it's from... G-Fest is from July 12th to July 14th. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm terrified that if they find out we do not have 100% love for all things Godzilla, we may not be accepted. <laughs> Maybe, Even though we've gone there several years. Maybe make some really cool, make like a really cool Godzilla vs. Megaguirus fan art. Make no. a super cool look at Megaguirus. No. Just one print. I mean, I guess if somebody really wants a Megaguirus illustration for me, I'll do one He's for cool you. Looking. I'll do one for you. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to, uh, what's his name? The engineer guy? You want, you want a personal drawing of engineer guy? I can't do that. Yeah. There are restrictions. <laughs> anyway. Also... Keep in mind, you can help support the show if you want. Go on over to Tee Public. You can find our shirts there under my store. My The name of my store is Grid Current, just like my comic. I have other nerd style shirts there. But if you just pick up a shirt, you know, for the Corrupted Youth, we've got the Dongle Bots one up. Yeah. We've got the one that's our cool, like, Transformer-influenced logo. We have our classic skull one. Grab one of those. You know what odds are? That store is always on sale. I'll literally make like $2 off a shirt. But it's just it a goes to something. the show. Yeah. yeah. Or it goes to... It goes to the show. Yeah. Because we've raked in probably a cool $8 so far. Yeah. That'll cover the cost for this. Yeah. <laughs> this microphone here, that's a solid three bucks. <laughs> Maybe now. 
covered in tears. <laughs> Sadness. It's like a cursed item now. Anybody who gets this microphone will just weep themselves to sleep. And part of why we're sad is because we're not getting any listener feedback. Well, what? Do we even care about that now? Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> no, it does help us yes. know how we are Rate, doing. review us. If, you, if you're a Mega Gears super fan, please comment and please explain to us why. Because yeah. I'd love to know. Yeah, I think we're up to like seven five-star ratings on iTunes. I think there's something like if I don't know you hit ten or something like that they like just send you a star sticker. They'll they'll actually allow me to have stats, I guess. <laughs> so please do it. <laughs> yeah, and as always, you can feel free to send us an email. We are at corruptedyouthpod at gmail dot com. Ooh, I bet you the the listeners were on the edge of their seat. Going, yeah, he's gonna do it solo. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. And you can also send us a pager. No, I'm just kidding. That's more outdated than these graphics in this movie. Thank you for listening, everyone. And thanks to our other fellow podcasters who help support the show. We're just doing this for fun. So This wasn't very fun, though. <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners. They can't. You know, it's, we've been on a pretty good streak since Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah poltergeist remake which that remake. one was even fun yeah there is actually i don't know it could have been worse yeah <laughs> okay well hang in there dongles bye
Hey kid, do you want to watch a movie that technically should be awesome, but it's just a bunch of cut and paste special effects? Oh my god, I hate my life. <laughs>